0: Hi guys, Jim again as I continue reading the Harry Potter books and giving you my chapter by chapter breakdown analysis, whatever thoughts I have, is this? Computer's awfully slow, there we go. And today we are on chapter five, Diagon Alley, which is where Hagrid takes Harry shopping and it's his first time ever experiencing anything magical. You know, I really like the previous chapter, but I think this one is really starting to pick up some speed and momentum into getting into all of the wizardy stuff so that it's more interesting to get through. But (laughs) let me, and I'm holding my notebook upside down because I'm a genius. Let me do this right, find my pages, because I had a lot of notes on this one. And again, my notes may not be things worth noting. Um, People who have read all of the books will obviously know more than I do. But these are things that caught my eye and I thought, "Eh, maybe I'll want to remember this later. So Harry wakes up. He thinks that this has all been a dream that, you know, Hagrid came over and that he's going to be back in his same miserable life any second now. Uh, But there's an owl at the window, which for some reason these owls are extremely prevalent at the beginning of these books. But there's an owl at the window with a newspaper. He drops it on Hagrid and basically starts trying to get money out of Hagrid's coat for himself. And while Harry is digging through Hagrid's pockets, he says that he finds, I can't read my own writing out slug pellets and peppermint humbugs, among other things, but he doesn't address those two things like they're weird. So, um, I have no idea what those are. I assume that's some kind of maybe candy in the UK. We don't have those here. I don't think anybody in the US would pay for something called a slug pellet or a humbug. But if you know what these are, you know, leave me a comment because I'm curious to kind of find out. It seems like a mystery. And now we start getting introduced to the wizard currency, which... I'm gonna say this wrong nuts, I think. K-N-U-T-S. These are bronze coins and Harry does denote those as being strange, which made me thought it was weird that slug pellets and peppermint humbugs weren't strange to him. And then Hagrid is talking about how Harry's parents had all this gold at Gringotts, which Gringotts turns out to be the only bank for wizards of all the wizarddom across all the planet, I guess. And it is run by goblins. Gringotts is supposed to be hundreds of miles under London but from what I gathered later in the chapter I think they walk in on the surface level and then drop down. They do talk about getting in a minecart that knows its way to where it's going and it's dropping down rapidly but they really don't cover how far that is. Then Cornelius Fudge runs the Ministry of Magic because Dumbledore was not willing to leave Hogwarts to take the job and apparently Cornelius Fudge is not very competent and always has to ask Dumbledore what he should do what's going on how do I fix this kind of things and I I don't feel like the movies made this clear enough, but it said the main job of the Minister of Magic is to keep muggles from knowing that witches and wizards exist. And when Hagrid was asked why we would want to keep that a secret, Hagrid was like, well then people would be wanting magical solutions for everything. And that seems like such a horrifically bad answer, like, sorry Susan, I could have cured your cancer, but we're best left to our own devices. Hope your orphan children don't have an issue with that. I mean really it's kind of ridiculous it would have made sense if maybe they would have said oh yeah you remember these Salem witch trials well we decided at that point that we needed to go underground or something but just like (laughs) we don't want to be bothered with helping the normies it's kind of ew it's uh, making the wizard world sound very elitist and not like good people. Hagrid mentions that Gringotts probably has a dragon, and that he has also wanted a dragon since he was a kid. If I remember movie four correctly, there's some foreshadowing in there. And when Harry goes back to check his letter to Hogwarts again, he finds a second piece of paper with all his school supplies on it. And one of the books he has to get is Fantastic Beasts by Newt Scalamander. I always say that wrong. I say everything in these books wrong. Don't have high expectations for me. Even back in high school, I would try to say something and my friend would be like, What language did you grow up speaking? Uh, dumb dumb, obviously. Anyways, the letter also says that first-year students aren't allowed to have their own broomstick, which I guess implies that they can borrow them or have a special, like, driver's license kind of class for them, and then they get to the Leaky Cauldron, which is this nasty, dirty pub that the muggles don't seem to be able to notice, and inside there's several people and they're all like oh my gosh it's Harry Potter but the two that are named who are really fixated with him are Doris Crockford and Daedalus Diggle who was in chapter one about the shooting star thing and then Professor Quirrell, Quirrell? is introduced and he does the defense against the dark arts he's the stammering one again I know because I've seen the movies so I know I'm gonna keep my eye on you buddy oh and they, they tell a little bit of Quirrell's backstory here. said he went into the Black Forest and ran into vampires and hags and that made him like forever nervous. So the Leaky Cauldron takes you back to an alleyway where you can tap the bricks just right and get into Diagon Alley and then they go into Gringotts. They get paired up with a goblin named Griphook whose job it is to tour them around to the vaults that they need to go to. Hagrid has to go to get you know what out of Vault 713 and just an example of my dyslexia here, I wrote 739 and had to scribble it out after I read it five times and realized that is not the number it was giving me. Oh, and then there was more explanation on wizarding money. So there are gold coins which are called galleons, silver coins that are sickles, and there is 17 silver sickles to a galleon and 29 nuts to a sickle. So then Harry gets his money, he starts going around shopping, uh, he goes to get his robes, and he gets sized up next to a boy, I'm pretty confident, was Malfoy. And he said that Malfoy was a lot like Dudley in his mind, like behaviorally. And the boy says that his father's off doing something and his mother is off shopping for wands. And I thought that was curious because they make it very clear later at Ollivander's that's really the only place to get a wand, and it chooses you so you have to be there to get it so why would his mother be pre-shopping just one of those people who really doesn't want to deal with their kids I take it and this boy starts getting into muggles and how they shouldn't be allowed in Hogwarts and everything and you know you really feel him just sucking the magic out of the wizarding world with his bigotry which current events I can kind of see a little bit of parallels in there oh then Hagrid says hey for your birthday Harry which apparently this has all still been Harry's birthday totally lost track of that But Hagrid says, hey, for your birthday, Harry, I'm going to get you an animal, and I'm not going to get you a toad because they're out of fashion, and cats are meh because they make him sneeze, Uh, but owls are primo because everybody wants the owl, they can send your mail, and they're great. So he gets him the pretty little snow owl, and then they go to Ollivander's, which has been around since... 382 B.C. Quite impressive. I wonder if it's the same person who's been running it the whole time. If so, that raises up some curiosities about the length of a wizard's life. I know Dumbledore is also a lot older than people would guess by looking at him, but, um, I don't- I don't know the story behind that. I don't know how he got that old. I guess I'll find out as I get there. Oh, and then, like, the dude started giving out stats on everybody's wands, which was wild, and I'm sure these things mean nothing in the long term but i wrote them down just in case lily's wand was 10 and a quarter inches swishy made of willow, and that is good for charms. James Potter had an 11 inch mahogany wand, which was more powerful and good for transfiguration, which I'm assuming in this context means, you know, turning yourself into an animal type of thing. Could be wrong though. And then Voldemort's was a 13 and a half inch U wand, which was very powerful. Hagrid had an oak wand that was 16 inches and bendy, which I, I mean, that's just, that's, That's like huge. That's a huge wand, but I guess he's a huge guy, so that makes sense. It's probably the only wand they could find to fit him, and the wand was apparently snapped when he was expelled from Hogwarts, but then it's kind of implied that he put part of that wand in his umbrella that he used to, you know, give Dudley the tail, because his dad run his mouth, so Dudley got in trouble, and what? I don't know about you, Hagrid. I like you, but I don't know if I'm gonna be able to like you for long. Oh, and then it's mentioned that using another wizard's wand will not get you very good results, so I guess that's why they don't just trade them around or grab any wand that they find sitting down. it would be like picking up somebody else's phone. I mean if you could even get in past the password issue then it's not gonna have the same apps. it's not gonna be logged into your stuff. it's gonna be a total pain in the butt. so yeah, assumedly that is similar to how the wands work. and then Harry ends up getting matched with a wand that is 11 inches made of holly and it has a phoenix feather in it. the interesting thing though is that that phoenix who gave the feather for Harry's wand only gave a feather for one other wand and that was Voldemort's so they're brother wands apparently that's the thing and then we're pretty much at the end of the chapter, and uh, I I kind of found it bizarre that Hagrid sent Harry back to the Dursleys. You would think at this point, he'd be, you know, early enrollment or something. But according to the last chapter, we're in June, and he doesn't go to Hogwarts until September 1st, where he has to go to the King's Cross station. So that's a long time that he's gonna be at the mercy of the Dursleys, and they are not uh, favorable of Harry at this point. So it's very weird to me that they would do that. I mean, I'm not reading ahead. I'm as I read each chapter so I don't know maybe he'll go back and they'll be horrified of him or maybe they're gonna like treat him even worse why do they keep risking these things though oh and I do want to say they thought they were gonna slip this past me but no mama noticed if you have this version of the book on page 77 the kid who I think is Malfoy says Well, no one really knows until they get there, do they? But I know I'll be in Slytherin. All our family have been. Imagine being in Hufflepuff. I think I'd leave, wouldn't you? You want to guess what my house is? But you know what, we can dismiss it and go, well, you know, Malfoy's just a snob, who cares what he thinks. But then on page 80, on page 80, Harry says, and what are Slytherin and Hufflepuff? To which Hagrid replies, schoolhouses, there's four. Everyone says, Hufflepuff are a lot of duffers. I don't know what that means, but it does not sound flattering to me and as a proud puff, I am not amused. Hufflepuff will take anybody and make them great. They're like the Teaks, So don't you disparage my house in my face like that. But that's pretty much the end of this chapter and everything I can say about it. Um, it was a fairly long chapter i think it was over 15 pages so there was a lot more to go through notes wise i'm sure by the time i get to book five there's gonna be just chapters that are nightmare lengths but thank you all for watching and we'll see what chapter six holds for us next time